1: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer.
0: Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com.
1: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Here we go. It's only four words. Only
0: this four words. is something something Broncos. This one's for Pat. Let's the the smell of There's only one person that carries the ball right here. Yeah. Is Tim back in the system, Oh, Good third. oh my God. Got oh. It's the it's the oh. Hit and
1: Featuring Mile High Reports, Tim Lynch. Tim Lynch. Lori Lattimore-Volkman. And
0: Jess Plays. Yes, let go, Welcome to Something Something Broncos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God.
1: Welcome to Something Something Broncos. I'm Lori Lattimore-Volkman, and today I'm joined by Jerry Ball of the Believe In Lions podcast and a former NFL All-Pro nose tackle for the Lions and a few other teams, but also known as Icebox. And that's an important tidbit to know. We're going to figure out today if the Lions team that just won its first game last week is for real, and if the Broncos are in trouble, or if it's the Lions in trouble. So, Jerry, thanks for coming on. It's great to meet you.
0: Hey, I'm glad to be here, talk a little football and stuff. And I tell you, Lori, I think, you know, the Lions are hungry and want another win. So they coming in with a lot of energy now.
1: That's what I was afraid of. I don't want that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, we you know how it is when, when you're a predator in the jungle and you've been starved, right?
1: I have to say I was a little relieved that they won last week because when you're the team that hasn't won all season, I mean, for the most part, you know they're gonna win sometime, right? And so you just you're you're afraid you're gonna be that team that loses to them. And I'm thankful that at least it was the Vikings who were the first team. I'm hopeful that it's not the Broncos who are the second team, you know, for a team that's one in 10 and one, they seem to be pretty hyped up. A pretty cohesive group all in with their new coach. And that's not usually the case with a team. That's only won one game. So what, why is that so, so much the dynamic there?
0: You know, I I tell you one, one is because of the leadership there. You know, I think Coach Campbell and the ownership has, you know, set a course that, hey, we're we're heading into the seas, you know, we don't want to hear how rough the seas, you know, let's dock the boat. And that's what they're attempting to do. I think you know one, anytime that you are a team and you've you know had this type of experience of you know consecutive losses and you're not getting wins, but also you also encourage because you know those three four games where it went down to the last minute and it's right. a field it was a loss that you played when in football. And then if you really look at their defense, go back and look in the last four weeks and stuff. And you look at how many points, with the exception of the game before this one. Well, no, this game. Look at how well the defense have kept other teams in scoring. So if the offense comes and do their part, the Lions really will be a competitive team now would they uh, be a top echelon no because they've had some injuries and things and you know they got a new quarterback new system you know so it's a lot of new learning and you got to know that anytime a coach comes into a new situation he's inheriting someone else's personnel and that right. doesn't necessarily mean that it fits our scheme and because the salary cap you might not be able to exchange the piece on the chessboard
1: like At least not the first year. You're right. A lot of those characteristics are true of the Denver Broncos as well. Good defense, the struggling offense, et cetera. But we'll get to that. Do you think that the fan base recognizes, hey, we're going to have that time of rebuilding? Or are they impatient, like Broncos fans tend to be?
0: (laughs) I will tell you that every team has a fan base that's impatient. You know, (laughs) I think more, more so with the Lions because, you know, the success has been Far and few in between, you know, so when you're talking about a team like the Lions that has not really been stellar and and, and would say that they've had historically some of the greatest players to come through there. Yeah, And not able to do it. When you start talking about Barry Barry Sanders,
1: Sanders. Herman
0: Moores, the Calvin Johnsons, you know, you know, you thinking about Herman Moore had a Hall of Fame career, the Lomas Browns and the Kevin Glovers, you know, the Chris Spielman. So so the Lions have actually done well. As a matter of fact, there's even a former Bronco that was drafted by the Lions that was a part of y'all Super Bowl championship, which is Ray Crockett. When you really understand that it's, first of all, you have a fan base that has been loyal to you for half a century. The people in Detroit are true Lions fans, win and lose. That a team that can work and fight through this adversity, if they ever figure it out, they will be <laughs> a tough team to beat going forward. Because when you at the bottom and you've been at that at that point you learn how to fight different. And a lot of teams, you know, that you know what made the Bears what they were when in the 85 Bears, if you go back and look at some of those defenses a few years before, they wasn't that good. Then once they took their batter and they came back, then they became a beast. And I think the Lions is still, you know, the king of the jungle. So
1: <laughs> I can't argue with that. And the Broncos certainly can understand. That whole idea of not having a good defense. In fact, it was our defense that, you know, fell apart in Super Bowl 48 that prompted John Elway to go out and bring in a bunch of superstars, which led to the 2015 defense that was so amazing. We have lost Von Miller, sadly.
0: I didn't understand that.
1: Von Miller's my favorite player. So I was just heartbroken, crushed that we got rid of him. There was part of me is like, we kind of did him a favor because we sent him to a a winning team. And you know, if there's a player that deserves a better situation, it's our Super Bowl MVP. He has suffered with us since the Super Bowl. Yeah, We haven't been able to put together an offense strong enough to help that defense. And I think this year probably was its best. Since 2015, when you have an offense that can't score more than 13 or 14 points in today's NFL, a defense just can't keep stopping Patrick Mahomes. It's so hard to only be really good on defense when you have these high-flying offenses that are going to get you at some point. You know, they're like they—they are. You're just hoping that you can keep them low enough that your offense can beat them. And we haven't been able to do that. If we had a better offense, we wouldn't have felt the need to trade. Von Miller, like we needed the draft picks because we have got to find a quarterback. You know, the unfortunate thing is our poor offensive play. The last five years is why we felt like and probably truly did have to trade Von Miller. And so we did him a favor and I hope it works out for him. And I'm I'm kind of a Rams fan outside of the Broncos right now. But still, all that is to say we don't have him anymore. And so our defense has been good. And it's Vic Fangio has worked some magic these last couple of years. We also have just struggled on offense. So my question, and I realize this is now a 20-minute question, going to sort of come down to, does the Lions offense have more success than the Broncos offense can have?
0: i tell you, one of the things that's, that's very different with the Lions you know, team right now is that the offensive line has some guys that was hurt during this period of time for the majority of the time of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So those guys are playing real well. Now, if we can get swift back and healthy,
1: mm-hmm. I would say,
0: guys, you know, we probably could outpace your offense. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because I believe <laughs>
1: – Because everybody we, can.
0: <laughs> I believe that we can run the ball, and I believe our defense – has proven, and, and this is, and we talk about this on our podcast, you know, that 13, 14 point is real. That right, statistically right. is the threshold. Right. And the Detroit Lions defense, if you would look at look at how they've been keeping teams in that range, right. you know? Right. So the defensive coordinator, I know he's going to have the defense prepared and the defense plays hard, even when they're down. Right. So oh, there's some character being built in the lines that is really like a little quiet storm. Right. You, you remember growing up and they had uh Sergeant Carter and Goomer Powell? Oh yeah. Dan <laughs> Campbell is like Sergeant Carter, right? Yeah. I just hope that our quarterback don't do the Goomer Paul's unless it turns out how Goomer Powell would fumble it and fumble it where it mm-hmm. would benefit him. We got a coach Campbell and we had some Goomer Paul moments.
1: Let's talk about Jared Goff. He started off hot and then yeah. you know the Rams I guess felt like he was gonna to be too much of a project. He wasn't going to be able to be the future. You know, they they take Stafford, you have Goff. Do you see him as the future franchise quarterback for this for this team?
0: Oof. I, I hate to say. But I have to, you know, keep my credibility. I think that the Lions, (laughs) like Denver, has to be looking for a quarterback, that marquee guy. Yeah. Uh, I believe that Jared, you know, is a good placeholder. I think for the Rams, they got the better of the deal, not even based on performance, just out the gate. I feel Matt Stafford was a better quarterback than Jared. Then you get to, to the team and you got all new faces, new personnel, you got to learn new terminology. It's a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And I would tell you that uh, being an NFL quarterback is even more pressure because regardless of how well you play, you know, mm. win or lose, you are going to have to answer for the team quarterback like Jared has to get in the rhythm. This last game, Jared was in a rhythm. He played loose. You know, his, his feet was he was setting his feet. He was angling and and throwing directly with his foot planted. You know, in a lot of games, you know, he, he's had happy feet.
1: Is he helped quite a bit by the running game? And will the offense rely on uh Jamal Williams quite a bit this weekend?
0: He here's what I believe just truly with the personnel the Lions have. If the offensive line that they have, I would definitely be pressing the run. And the reason why I would be pressing the run is because I'm going to get them in the box so we can get more people in the box and loosen some of those passing lanes, Right, you know, by guys having respect to respect the run so that we can get, you know, the tight ends a little bit behind the linebackers and hit them with some nice efficient passing. And that is, I think would get Jared in a rhythm and get him going.
1: Well, they've had some interesting stats when it comes to defending the run. You know, we've, we've had a few games, where we've let some guys just run all over us. And then we've had some amazing games where we kept some top running backs from, you know, really reaching, you know, any kind of success. Our run defense could could be effective, but you made an excellent point about the tight ends. That has kind of been our Achilles' heel. Our our linebackers have definitely struggled to to contain those crossing routes over the middle. You know, we you get you get behind the linebackers, and that tight end can go for days. And I know it looks like Goff's favorite receiver is actually Hawkinson, right? The tight end, so.
0: Another tight end has been catching uh, uh, some balls now that, you know, Campbell has went to that two tight end offense.
1: Being a former tight end, I imagine he's pretty happy with that. (laughs) No doubt. Well, who would you say are the strongest weapons then on the Detroit Lions offense?
0: Swift right now is probably the most valuable offensive player this year. You know, this guy actually, it's like a Marshall Falk that actually, you know, can run routes out of the backfield. You can pitch the ball to him. He can run good inside, but when he's out there in space, he always make the first defender miss. And that's what you like to see in the back is that he can get past the first guy. That's where you're training your offensive line. to are going to go, go upfield. field because we counting on him to get by him. You go block the, the secondary guy, the, the safety or the linebacker that's coming in. Because once he gets past that, if you get that block, then that's going to be a big gainer. So I think in that respect, he is definitely the most valuable player right now on offense. You know, the, the guy, uh, St. Mary, that actually came from UC is this is his rookie year, you know, St. Brown. But I've been really impressed that, you know, he's a player. Um, I think that, again, Williams is, you know, a good back. And, and But this is how I think the Lions, they don't have as big a problem as the Cowboys have, like with Ezekiel and the other guy, where they're really in a good rotation, right? Right, right. But the Lions have did that. And I think their offense actually functions better in a rhythm and builds momentum with Swift more so than Williams, not knocking Williams is just a different way that the defense has to play like I said, by Swift being able to run the route. Run routes, you know that linebacker knows that he may have to cover him, so he's got to be light on his feet. He can't just be coming downhill, playing it for the run because he'll right. run by him right. and run a route.
1: Right, right. On
0: a play action pass, so it just makes him play different. Tina Sill, still the the rookie tackle, he has been a great find for the Lions. And if I were them, I would try to keep that line together because, honestly, they they have a decent line. I, I really love what Aaron Glenn as a defensive coordinator has done with, you know, the defense. I think one of the biggest things is that he doesn't have any dominant players, but as a team, they play good team defense. And what's good about that is is that there's a level of accountability, and you can see in their play that they're taking pride in what they do. Now, Philadelphia had some real success against them as well. And and i tell you, the type of coach that he is being a player coach, he didn't even have the players look at it because he didn't want them to see the negatives. He wants the bill, so he he said he dug in and put it in the ground.
1: So they didn't they, look at any film from the game or they just didn't really talk about it.
0: They let it run. They didn't sit there and do seven, You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Interesting so, approach.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't want to be the dead horse because in some cases, you know, it's kind of like if if your kid burns the house down accidentally, but you, you're you going to harp on it how long? You get what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I I do. Even though we've had different histories, you know, of late.
0: Yeah, y'all have one championships in the yeah. modern here. Yeah,
1: yeah, we do. But we have a lot of great pieces. It it really feels like it's just the quarterback spot that needing to upgrade. And so like the Lions, we have a we have a pretty decent offensive line and we've done that with with several backups quite honestly. You know, we've had some starters go down early. And a few of the backups that have come in have played really well. And some of them are, are, are staying in. And then of course our rookie running back, Javante Williams, along with Melvin Gordon, they've had quite a bit of success when our offensive coordinator has used them, (laughs) but that's been a struggle too. And then, and here we can talk about your boy. We have three (laughs) top-notch receivers, you know, and starting with, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and then we have Tim Patrick, and both, both Tim and Cortland are kind of the, the same type of receiver, a big-bodied receiver, kind of known for the 50-50 ball, and, and then Jerry Judy is the, the speedster, you know, route runner. For the most part, this, our offensive skill players are the best we've had, and yet we fail to score more than 14, 15 points every game.
0: We just hope you continue this week. I <laughs> no, know,
1: no. Even though it's been really important for us to establish the running game, because that that has helped us with our scheme. You know, keeping you know a, a methodical, sustained drive that keeps the offense on the field as long as possible. Um, because we have a then don't break kind of defense, and yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is a uh, you know he's not he's not a. A gunslinger. So, we're not going to have a fast offense. We just need to be efficient, you know, get our first downs, keep moving the ball, third down conversions. And sometimes we've been really good at that, sometimes really bad, quite honestly. But even with that running game, we haven't utilized these receivers to move the ball downfield. And Cortland Sutton is a perfect example. I mean, in the last couple games he's had only a handful of catches and you know a couple dozen yards you know he's a 50 50 ball we should be we get those one-on-one matchups quite a bit Teddy Bridgewater could throw that down the field and let you know let Cortland do his thing let Tim Patrick do his thing
0: and I know Cortland is a guy that will come down with a lot of balls
1: from the same college SMU you've met him have you Have you watched him play in college as well as pro ball?
0: Cortland was a youngster, man. I feel Cortland was pro ready when he was a sophomore. I played on the team with Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jay Greed, Herman Moore, played against some greats and stuff. I know what it looked like. He's such a good young man, you know, and just sitting down talking to him, you know, kid is just solid as they come. If SMU had a, like you said, a gunslinger, Shit, mm-hmm. Corbin would have probably did so many NCAA records
1: because yeah. he
0: was that type of player. Whereas one, if you put it up, he's coming down with it. The DB right. is not coming down with it. He's going <laughs> his chances is that he's gonna come down with it. Physical, you know, he's a big receiver and stuff, so. Honestly, you know, and this, and I I've got all the well wishes for Cortland and want him to do well, but I want your quarterback to wait till next week <laughs> after this week to find Cortland. No, but Cortland is, you know, definitely a great player. You know, when he got hurt a couple of years ago and stuff, that, you know, I think slowed him down a little bit, but for the most part.
1: The 50% of the time that he's not coming down with it, He's at least not letting the DB exactly. come down with it. <laughs> so I do feel like Teddy Bridgewater needs to trust that a little more, trust himself a little more. That he to not listen to the narrative always that that is out there on him that he, you know, he can't throw the long ball, that he that he's not accurate enough to, you know, he doesn't take shots. Like take some shots, but exactly he holds on to the ball a long time. So how do you do you feel like the Lions defense? Are they gonna pressure him? Are they gonna get to him?
0: Yeah, I believe that he's gonna see some mixed up blitzes, blitz packages and stuff. You know, the the one thing that and and and, and, and I'll compare a little bit of my career to Teddy. You know, I was a, a nose guard and then became a quarterback at the end of my career too. <laughs> oh awesome. no. No, but what I was going to say in in comparing and how it correlates is that, you know, Teddy actually right now as a veteran Mm -hmm. has a lot of value on teams like Denver. So he's a good placeholder too. He's not going to hurt you, but I don't see him as being, you know, that franchise quarterback that they're going to build going forward with. uh, However, you know, when I was playing you know as I got older you know hell I didn't care about making a tackle because the most important thing about my job was that I was to stop them from running in the middle where they couldn't run the ball in the middle whether or not I made a tackle or not that was the number one objective of my job right so I just focused on that and told the guys that I was playing with like the Chester McLaughlin's the Russell Maryland's the Mike and Dean, I said, hey, okay, guys, look, i am a whole hold the middle. Y'all get to make the play. Now, if if you're not gonna make the play, then damn it, then I'll go make the play and you take on. <laughs> so, so but but as a older veteran, that's how I was being placed on teams, kind of like a player coach, young defensive line, need some veteran, but we need someone to hold the middle while we find, you know. Those pieces that we're gonna, you know, have here, seven, eight, nine years. So I think in that respect, that's where Teddy is with any team he would be on at this point. I'm gonna tell you what's the problem with you people out there. And first of all, the air is too thin. All right, <laughs> so it you is. can't get good a good in. When you inhale and you don't really grab the air so thin when you're running, so you can't catch your breath. You know, your lungs normally can, like, grab some oxygen up there. You can't grab it, right? Then the biggest problem that you guys have is that you guys had two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. John Elway and Peyton Manning is always the standard. Right. Uh, someone to come into that space, you know, he's got to understand that the Broncos has experienced that. And they <laughs> want that again. <laughs> like right now. Tell me the last time you heard of the Lions winning a playoff game. <laughs> <All> <laughs>
1: yeah, right?
0: So, so, so listen, I don't want to hear nothing from you. All right. <laughs> you can't tell me absolutely not one thing. That's gonna tell me, "Ooh, we done won two championships, and we we just got rid of them." Nah, man, listen, we just won our first game. We hadn't won a playoff game since I think '91. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you like like a a dad would tell his daughter if she's competing in sports, right? Baby, I understand. Now <laughs> wipe your tears and get up and stop that crying.
1: <laughs> as a defender, if your offense is struggling, does that you know? Do you start to feel like ah, oh, we're over here fighting, and our offense can't do this for us? Or does that help kind of galvanize you as a team to say we got to lift them up because our our offense needs help right now? Well,
0: you know, here's the irony from from my own, I'm gonna speak to my experience with the Detroit Lions because when I came in, you know, my first two, three years, we're like, you know, three and 13, (laughs) four and 12, you know? So we're not, you know, competitive or winning, you know? And really what it became, it became one of those things where as new players came in, like myself, the Benny Blades, the Lomas Browns, Kevin Glovers, you know, the Spielmans, the William Whites, the Ray Crockett's, we took pride right. in, in the things that we were trying to do in terms of winning. Right. And what happens is, is that when you're going through those type of experiences of struggle, the quickest way to... Deteriorate as a team is to point fingers, right. right? Meaning like, hey, if you guys would have done this, and hell, everybody already know. What it becomes is how can we help them better when we're preparing as a defense? What look do we need to give you? I remember right. when uh, Lomas Brown would face Richard Dent or Tim Harris. You know, he would actually want me to come out after practice and in between and rush the passer on him.
1: And you would
0: say, well, why would they, you know, because what it was, I'm a nose guard, but I'm a short guy. Mm -hmm. And what he wanted to do was practice keeping his leverage down. So he knew that if he could stay down low with me coming at him and keep his leverage points that he would always keep a good leverage point on Tim Harris and Richard, because they were taller.
1: Right. He right. would practice
0: that, but we would work on that, right. All right? So, again, that's a pride in between the player and the player. Now, that helped right. make the offense better because it made him better, right? right. It was the same thing. A receiver working on a route, a DB giving him a certain look so that he can know. You know, it might even be whereas to, to help offensive linemen, you might do some extra pass rushes and stuff. And just you know, again, I just remember when the guys would come off, they already feel dejected. You yeah, know? right. You know, you know, so you don't you don't kick your teammate because remember, <laughs> every you gonna have your day. Trust me, this is the NFL, and they say <laughs> not for long. You know, right. something's right. gonna happen. But everybody get hit. Everybody tastes something better in NFL. Right. You know. It could be a defeat. It could be a play. It could be anything, you know, but you right. never point and you never kick your teammate when they're struggling.
1: Right. You know, and that was, I tell you, that is one of the things I loved about Von Miller. Cause even those, even in these lean years when he's all pro and the team is, you know, losing every game, he was always so supportive. And so, um, Always took it on himself, like what I should have done more, which, you know, he couldn't do much more many times. But you have to appreciate when 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 your Super Bowl MVP is not mad at you.
0: (laughs) Well, I tell you what, that that says a lot about him, that he would put the onus on him that before he would even look at someone else's contribution that he says I could have done more. Man, shit, that's that's a hell of a guy to play with. A guy like that, man, that's 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 a guy you can go back to back with unless we'll fight the world.
1: Our offense against your defense, you see that it's it's fairly even, but you put the edge to the Lions even at mile high.
0: I I put it to our defense, you know, carrying it for us. We, we're gonna I believe that the lions can score 21 points and I believe our defense can keep you guys 15 16 and under
1: outside of our matchup for you as a player what was the place you outside of your your home stadium what place did you love to play in the most and which one did you hate to play in the most
0: all right be honest Denver was one that you hated or loved I, I hate it because I of the altitude the altitude and it, 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 you know, I just never had to me a good game in Denver. Yeah, you know, because you remember I played with the Raiders too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> listen, I did see some
0: fights. Listen, oh, man. Listen. hey, look—the craziest things I ever seen was a <laughs> Raider Denver game in the Coliseum. I say beginning of the fourth quarter. And you guys were actually winning. And now there was this one guy in a John Elway jersey that was on the opposite side, but he's like on the top deck. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see all these Raider fans coming from every angle and the guy running, I mean, they were tumbling them down. I'm like, wow. Then all of a sudden you seen the rap. I was like, man, they said, oh, yeah, it's like this. They say, man, Denver and Kansas City, man, we hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Al Davis hate Denver Broncos. But Al would actually come to practice and coach. He'd be on the field coaching because he – and all he's telling us as a defensive lineman, in front of the line, don't lose containment because he knew that once Elway got out of containment, that's when he would hurt us or beat us. Whatever that happened between those two organizations, it didn't happen just on the field. No. Because I'm telling you, Al didn't act like that. He didn't even do that for Kansas City. He would come on the – literally come to practice, and while we're practicing, he'll be like yelling over the field, keep containment, keep containment, stay in front of the man, <laughs> you know, and you're looking like, okay, okay, we know. it." And they say, yeah, we playing Denver this week, All pra- at practice.
1: I lived in California for a couple of years, and we went to a Broncos-Raiders game at the Coliseum when I first moved out there. And I'll never do it again because... And the Broncos were actually losing most of the game and then did their, you know, typical come from behind win. It wasn't even Elway at the time, but those Raiders fans around me were so angry. And we had security guys come up to my family and say, when the game ends, you guys just stay right here. Let all the fans leave because I don't know if you remember from the Coliseum, there's basically one funnel to get out. And that... That was like a free-for-all. Like I'm sure people died yep. in that tunnel. To get, hey, to let play. me tell you.
0: <laughs> a, another thing, they never let any games. They We couldn't play a night game there.
1: Yes, right.
0: Yep, every game was daytime, you know. But I tell you, you're exactly right. If you had on a Bronco jersey, you definitely was under a threat.
1: I was five months pregnant with my first son, and those what? Raiders fans didn't care. They're like... Yeah. Nah, so what, second nah. lady? What are you doing here?
0: So you named him Raider, right?
1: <laughs> no <In that laughs> way. <laughs> you know what I did name him? You'll appreciate this being, you know, a former Lions. I named him Calvin. It was not after Calvin Johnson, but it, a lot of people, have, ironically, people have asked us that. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, love yeah. Megatron. Love Megatron. It has been my extreme pleasure to talk football with you,
0: There's
1: and uh, I, uh, I, I hope it's a great game. I'm actually going to the game this weekend, and so I'm looking forward to. I always, I love to go to Broncos games. I mostly love it when they have a good game, and uh, of course, I hope the Broncos win. But I, you know, I do look forward to the to the Detroit Lions being competitive. I prefer the NFL with good teams all across the, the board. Yeah. 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 It is a great game, and it's much more fun when everybody is good. Prepared, yeah. Yeah. And I, actually, like you said, I mean, there are even teams, if the record says they're not good, that doesn't mean they're not. It is the NFL. That's right. These are all good players. Any day can be their day to dominate, as we saw That's last right. week.
0: That's right. The worst team can beat the best team on any day because every player is a pro. So that is one of the best players in the world at doing that. And you can't take anybody for granted in the NFL. That's the thing about it. That's why they say you have to play the game. And I just like to say, when we win, the next time I talk with y'all, I want you to say is "Go Lions."
1: <laughs> all right. And the opposite, if we win tomorrow or Sunday.
0: Okay, then uh, I, you're exactly right. Then I'll say, "Go
1: Lions." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> ice box! You've been a great guest. I'm gonna all get right. a nickname by the next time we have this too. I'm, I I need I don't want to just be who I am. I need I need a nickname, so I'm gonna get all one. Right. I, I I'll come up with one. All right, all, all right. right. You you do that. Thank all you right. so much. It's been Thanks. awesome. Nice hey, to meet geez. you. Go good Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck it in. correction on the reporting of the foul both teams were on the both up both fouls were on the kicking team hello there
0: hey how you doing
1: i'm good icebox i had no idea what a great nickname
0: oh yeah all my life
1: (laughs) nice so when did you first get that one
0: grade, you know, some kids, you know, you know, we called, called it playing the dozens and stuff. So, you know, I was a kind of little fat kid and stuff. They said, yeah, that's why you have that gap in your teeth from going to the ice box.
1: All this technology and it's still mostly a pain in the ass. All hey, right.
0: But it's built <laughs> some efficiencies now. Did, that's
1: true. That's you
0: know, I, I don't know how old you are, but back in our day, we had to go get an encyclopedia going oh, yeah. to the library. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah. A, I I think I. How How old are you? Fifty six? Did I read that correctly? Yeah,
0: am fifty six. I'll be fifty seven next week. You
1: know? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well. Pre happy yeah. birthday to you.
0: Well, thank you.
1: I'm uh yeah, so I'm 51. So yeah, I totally I was all encyclopedias. My, I, you
0: understand. You I understand.
1: do I mean my first years reporting too, like kids these days with going to Google everything and check everything on the internet. Yeah. I'm like, I was flipping through the phone book and exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. so the periodicals and all that. Yeah, oh, like mic- microfish, everything. You
1: oh microfish. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely.
0: How, how how does the Bronco fans feel about John and the job he's done?
1: That's a good question because it's mixed, you know. You're talking about John Elway, right? Correct. <laughs> As if there's any other John in, in Bronco's country.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so. yeah, look, yeah, you might have to give up your Bronco card if you
1: say I, I know, I <laughs> know. You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lennimore-Volk,
0: Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.